going to read our scripture this morning and wanted you to stand and with me please and as we read together a part of the Christmas story from the Gospel of Luke, the second chapter, verse 8 through 14, please. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even into Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Thank you. Please be seated. I know that you've all thought about Jesus so much over the last few days, and especially this glorious Lord's Day morning as we got up to rejoice as we celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today I want to talk about uh, the birth of Christ. We've tried to deal with the theme of Christmas this year, uh, entitled Christmas Time. And we, we talked about, it is a tremendous time, Christmas time is. It is the most amazing event in the history of mankind, the birth of Jesus. We also have been reminded that Christmas time is a time to take time. It's not so much what's under the tree as who's around the tree with you and the rejoicing that we can have one with another. Also, uh, Christmas time is, is a troublesome time. We see that from the history of the account of scriptures and all the taxing and all the Romans and all that was going on in the chaos. But you know, God has a perfect time into everything. And sometimes the trouble that we face is a very time to get closer to God. Christmas time is just that time. Last week we talked about Christmas time is, is a time to try. And we ought to have more optimism and more joy sitting here today or wherever we are today when we think about the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Emmanuel, God with us, knowing that, that he is with us, the great power of the universe, who can be against us if he is with us? Today I want to talk about and close out this series, if Lord would help me, I want to talk about Christmas time being a tranquil time. Tranquil time. And we need to understand that I think we're so busy in the world today, and if we're not careful, we can be so caught up with all kind of media and moments and movement that we miss the blessings of Christmas 
being a calming, tranquil time. That hymn that uh, we sing at Christmas so much is Silent Night. We need to ask God to help us sing that in our hearts this Christmas. What a silent, a holy night. To be still and know God. This Christmas, I pray God has always given us, already given us the inspiration or the want to, to say, it's not what you want, it's what you already have. I mean, with Jesus, what else could we want? The thing is, we get all this in Jesus too. It's a great gift of God. And so right here in this account on part of the Christmas story, we see these shepherds uh, doing their business, abiding in the fields at night. It had to be a quite tranquil time. Go out at night and these clear nights we've had lately, I know it's cold, but look at the stars. Goodness gracious, what a blessing. What a moment of tranquility. Now, tranquil, as I understand it, means it's, a, it's an immersive uh, uh, soaking, if you could say, of calmness and stillness in our souls. That's the tranquility. There's a serenity prayer that you've heard, I know, and it says, God, grant me the serenity. That word means tranquil, peace. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Now that's a powerful statement. That's a powerful prayer. There are things that we can't change, you know. But that shouldn't upset us so. And, and so I want to talk about peace. That's where I'm going today, you know. I mean, that, that is the message of the glorious gospel in verse 14. The, the, the angels to the shepherds and to us, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace. Goodwill toward men. May the Lord help us to see Christmas as a tranquil time. And if we're going to do that, I want to tell you that in three ways, if the Lord would help me again, is this. Number one is that we can see Christmas as a tranquil time, a peace, time of peace. Because it's warranted by God. This is a tranquil, peaceful Christmas time because Christmas time is God's invasion from heaven to earth for the one purpose to bring peace. Peace with God. How does that happen? Because the little baby Jesus, what glorifies God because he's a glory God of peace. Romans 15, 33 says, May God, the, the God of peace, be with you all. The apostle says, Amen. You see, if you have confusion in your life, it is not from God. Because God is a God of peace. The devil, however, is an interrupter, a disturber of peace. 
peace too is not always about feelings. See, the warranting peace that we have from God is God making that peace. Look at Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 with me just for a minute, please. Here's what it says. I got a new Bible for Christmas. I can't hardly turn the pages. But it's a great gift. I tell you that for sure. Listen to this verse with me. Romans 5.1 Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, the peace that we have with God is a warranted peace. Now, if, if somebody serves a warrant to you or to me, they have legal authority to search your home or to impose some action upon you. That's what God does at Christmas. Jesus is peace. He came to make peace for us. That's how we're reconciled to God. But this is a warranted peace. Now, we might not know anything about it. We did not. In fact, it was done before the foundation of the world. Did you know that? So if somebody says now, you know, I'm getting, I've got cancer and I'm going to die in a few weeks, and they say to you, have you made peace with God? You say it's already been done. You got it? It's already been done. You do not have to get your house in order. God has already got it in order because he made this plan of peace before the foundation of the world. God has always been at peace with you as the elect family of God. Did you know that? Always. Now, we might not know anything about it, and often we don't, but, but when the Holy Spirit starts dealing with us, then we know how precious peace is. Because I'm talking about something today that you won't find under the Christmas tree. You will find on a cross. Now, I don't know what all you've got for Christmas yet, but I'm going to tell you this. I want to tell you what Jesus is. Jesus is the greatest gift you'll ever get. But wouldn't it be purely silly to get a gift from somebody that really, really loves you and you never open it? Hey, which James gets this morning in the house? And we open them. Open the gift of peace. When you get into God's word, when you see Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you believe him because it is a warranted peace. You have a right to it. You are an heir of God's righteousness. Now see, God allows wars. He even creates wars. But that's for a purpose of peace. You know, when Adam and Eve were in the garden... I can only imagine that would be a tranquil situation. Wouldn't you think they said they walked in the evening with God? Then along comes the devil and convinces them that maybe God is not exactly right in all this. He's still trying to do that. He's still trying to say, well, maybe it's all right if two women marry or two men marry. 
Maybe it's all right if we, if we kind of uh, deal with this and, and abortion is okay. Maybe we just need to be more broad-minded. Maybe, maybe we need to see God as love. <laughs> just love everybody. Now, he is love. But he is holy. And you and I will never have peace till we understand the importance of holiness and obedience to God. So what did Adam and Eve do? They ran from God. Didn't have any peace. You're not running from God, are you? Here's what God did. This is a warrant of peace. God did not ask them to wait. Now, when you get right, I'm going to come to you. He pursued them. God is a pursuer of peace. And he filmed them and he, he said, what have you done? Although he knew it and he wanted them to face it. And you and I will find the peace of God when we acknowledge our sins. David did that in the penitent song 51. He said, Lord, would turn to me the joy of thy salvation. What he was really getting to was peace because you won't find peace Joy, separate. The reason we're not as happy as we ought to be, it's a sheer wonder we, ought not to, we don't have more peace given the Holy Spirit lives within us. And that's one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is peace. Do not waste any more of your days on earth without peace. It's a warrant. You have the inheritance, you have the title of heaven in your heart. You do. God skinned some animals, shed some blood, and covered Adam and Eve. He's a God of peace. But you know what he says in Isaiah 48, 22? He says, the wicked have no peace. Jesus is our warrant of God's peace. Now, sometimes... Peace is kind of confusing. I imagine the, the disciples on the ship at sea, when they had the storm, they said, where is God? Does he really love me? Jesus wouldn't sleep on the pillar. Paul and Silas, yes, they were in prison, but I'm going to tell you what, they were praising God. Peter was in prison. You see, God's peace, he is a peace, God is a peace, and the peace of God is that river uh, that flows, the peaceable river of life flowing from the throne of God. And he is the giver and he's also the sustainer of peace. He says in a Hebrews 12, verse 11, that these peaceable fruits of chastening, God chastens us. None of us like that, but it's because God is bringing peaceable fruits in our lives. Okay, secondly, not only when we think about a Christmas tranquil time as being a, a time that God wants His peace, that's what God says, Emmanuel. 
Do you think God would send his son, who is God, holy, to dwell on this sinful earth if he wasn't serious about making a reconciliation and about bringing us to the point that he could love us fully and make us holy? That's what he did. That's what Christmas is about. Secondly, I wanted to say about tranquil time, peace, not only is it a a time warranted of God of peace, it's also the will of Jesus. Turn with me to John's Gospel, uh, the 14th chapter, verse 27. Here's some words from our Lord. Jesus says, peace, I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You put these verses in your heart if God would help you today. I'm going to tell you what, he'll carry you a long way. Jesus makes a last will and testament. You know what? Jesus, when he was born, we see from the text that the angels declared peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Here, Jesus is going to the cross. And the last thing almost he says is peace. My peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. So guess what? If we don't have the peace, now this verse is talking about peace with yourself. Now, I've already talked about the warranted peace. That is the positional peace that we have in Christ. That is justification, okay? You might not feel that, but it's a fact, okay? Now, here, Jesus is talking about your conscience. So, actually, my three points are going to deal with peace. Is peace with God? Yes, it's been done. That's what Christmas is about. Jesus would go to the cross to make peace with God for us. Now, Jesus says, don't let you be be troubled about this. Have peace with yourself. You know, if you don't have peace with yourself, you're going to be a hard deal to get along with anyway. Man, to have a clear conscience, what a blessing. You can't put a price tag on it. Now, I'm going to tell you this, that that peace is not necessarily the absence of problems, but peace is profoundly and factually the presence of God. And Jesus Christ's birth permeates, underlines, Emmanuel means God with us, as you know. But we need to practice our position in Christ. Man, peaceful people are easy to get along with. Peace. Jesus says, I leave with you my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. Now the world won't give you this peace. You know what? There's some people that really don't know what peace really is. They think Seems like, at least it's been applied by their lifestyle, if you drink enough or drug enough, you can get to the point where you can have peace. 
You just don't feel it. But Arthur Woodrum told me one time, said, you know, he taught school at Georgia Southern. And so the students would come in, you know, physics class, and they'd, he said, what do you do this weekend? He said, well, I got drunk. And Brother I said, you did? He said, did you have fun? Yeah. And Brother I said, well, how do you know if you, had, if you were drunk? If you had fun. Or, or there are people that, you know, I got to work, work, work. I got to stay busy, busy, busy so I can have peace. I mean, I got to text, text, text. I got I to look at myself, check my email. That is where my peace. And if we're not careful, we'll be tied to this world and and. And the devil will try to conform us to the image of this world. And that's why we do not have peace. But what I'm telling you about today is we have peace. It comes from God, not the world. Therefore, nothing can interrupt it. Nothing. Jesus left this will that we would have peace. Now, when somebody makes a will, it goes into effect when they die. Okay? Jesus died on the cross. This will is in force. Now, if you got a letter in the mail, a certified letter, and it said on January the 15th at 9 a.m. on the courthouse in Statesboro, Georgia, a will is going to be read... And you're going you're gonna to be receiving a million dollars because you are a recipient, a beneficiary of a will. Do you think you would have anything that's going to hinder you being there? You'd probably be there, wouldn't you? Well, this, this is the greatest profound statement that God sends from heaven. Peace. <laughs> Amazing. Jesus says, and he's really saying, if you want peace, he says, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. That's peace. Now, the last point I want to make about peace, we've tried to say, it's warranted peace. You had nothing absolute to do with it. God did that in heaven. It was already planned. God knew it would happen, knew every sin would commit, and he sent his son to die for you so you would be with God. Then Jesus, the incarnate God, lived upon this earth to carry out God's plan of peace. He said, look, even though disciples didn't understand the cross, he said, I'm going to leave you peace. Don't let your heart be troubled. The first verse of that chapter, he says, you know, believe in God. First and second verse, believe in God, believe also in me. Let not your heart be troubled. Now, hey, it's right for your heart to be broken. You're going to have broken hearts. 
But I'm not so sure that the more trouble we have and the more hard our hearts are broken, the closer we're going to have God and we're going to have more peace. I have known people in my life, and you probably have too, that have, have had so many problems, seems like, on the outside, but so much peace on the inside. Now, Christianity is a pure paradox. If you think you're going to find peace in any other way than God, you start looking somewhere else. Brings me to our third point in closing. You got to want it. Do you really want peace? You know, the shepherds found it because they were looking for it. The wise men, they were looking for it. Because if you look for Jesus, you will find peace. Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, I have given you an expected end. Thoughts of peace. Isn't that amazing? Peace. That same chapter, I believe it's verse 14. He says, seek me with all your heart and you shall find. Do you want peace? I mean, you got to want it. And God gives you that want because I'm going to tell, tell you something else that you already know. If you think you're going to live sinfully and live in sin and have peace, you're wrong. You can't do it. Isaiah 26, 3 says, He is in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. If you want to find peace, you get into God's Word. Turn with me to Psalm 119, verse 165, if we can find it right quick. Here's what it says. Great peace, Psalm 119, verse 165, listen. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. If you want peace, Getting this book. You love God's word. You're going to find peace. Either God's book will bring you closer to God or further away if you get away from it. It's a book about peace. What it means is we can walk through this world. On stones and briars, thorns. The New Testament even says serpents. We have peace. Isaiah 43, 2 says, walk through the fires and you won't be burned. Why? Because you got peace. The three Hebrews who were in the fiery furnace wanted peace more than they wanted the ways of the world. See, as Christians, we do not have to bend and bow to the world and our culture. Why? Because we have the Word of God. 
Now, we have to respect our government. I believe that God says that. He ordains powers that be. But you got to know that Proverbs 22.1 says God turns the hearts of kings. One of the things that disturb our peace and that we need to say, I want peace, but why can't I find it? It's because of, of our ignorance of God's word. Man, if I believed an Arminian doctrine that you had to accept Jesus and pray the prayer and that you had to do this and that and the other, I'm going to tell you, there's not much peace in that because I wouldn't know if I accepted him enough. I wouldn't know if I'd, I'd really done enough, but I'm going to tell you, you'll never get good enough to merit God's salvation. That's why we have the peace of knowing that God has done that for us. What a blessing. Just submitted that to God. You know, a lot of the things that disturb our peace are threefold, the primary ones. One is guilt. Do you have guilt in your heart this morning? You can deal with that through Christ. You be thankful that God has convicted you of sin. If you feel that guilt, you take it right to Jesus. He will forgive you. Cleans you. You see these little etch sketches? That's what it got. You write anything you want it, but you just flip the page and it's all gone. That's what Christ did on the cross for us. Another disturber of our peace is grief. Hey, grief is real. It's the price you pay for love. But the only way we can face that is understanding that Christ bore our sins, that Christ felt our tears and our hurt. And there is eternal life. And our loved ones are with Jesus. And since God's word says that, that he is with us and that when we die we'll be with him, they can't be far away. And then grudges. How many have struggled with grudges? Man, Christmas is a tranquil time. We need to ask God to get away from the grudges in life, the resentfulness that we can often feel by our carnal flesh. And what a blessing to rejoice at the peace that God has given us. See that baby in that young man's arms? That's peace. Jesus Christ. The babe of Bethlehem. He came for peace. It's a tranquil time. Time we can rejoice. A, a peace that's warranted. We don't earn it. <laughs> no, we don't. It's a gift from God. Jesus says, open it. I'm going to leave it with you. It's here. We spend as much time wanting peace as we do other things, we'd have a lot more peace, is what we'd have. You'd have peace in your family, peace in your heart. Is your conscience clear this morning? It ought to be. It's what Christmas is for. May God help us to want peace more. I'll tell you what it'll do. Once you've had peace with God and lose it, 
and get it again, you'll love him more. That's what it does. May the Lord bless you. I wish you the most merry Christmas you could ever have. What a glorious Lord's Day God has given us today. Have you seen the blue skies? I know you have. What a blessing. We have peace. We can have problems and peace at the same time. We really can. And we will, and actually. But Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. He was going to the cross. He said, believe in God. Focus on Christ as Peter during the storm. We'll have peace that passes understanding. Would you bow with me? Dear most precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for peace. We thank you for the tranquility that we have that you've covenanted before the world began. We thank you, Lord, for the plan of bringing it all about to fruition through Christ's birth in Bethlehem. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for leaving us peace and a gift of peace. We can't earn it. Oh, God, help us, though, not to neglect it. So great a salvation. And, Lord, may every heart here, as we bow together this morning, this Christmas Day morning, be able to tell you most honestly, we do want peace. We want peace in our souls. We want, Lord, to appreciate this covenant peace. We want to enjoy you in this life here on earth for the time you've given us to live. We know, Lord, you've created us to be peacemakers and to pursue peace. Lord, give us strength to do that, sustain that, and it only has to come from you. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for everyone in this audience, and we thank you for their homes and families and for the Christmas joy that you've already brought them and that you'll continue to bring them throughout this glorious day and throughout the new year. Peace, what a present. Help us open it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.